Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today, as my guest for Song of the Soul, I'm pleased to welcome Drew Grunseth. Drew is full of musical talent, not the least of which is his skill as a DJ at WHYSLP, the station where my programs were birthed three and a half years ago. Drew co-hosts a radio show of hot bluegrass music entitled Smokin' Grass. Instead of sharing music that he's played, Today, Drew Grunseth will be sharing, for his Song of the Soul, a wide range of music and styles from other musicians that have touched him deeply. Drew, thanks for joining me today to share your Song of the Soul. Yeah, thank you for having me. We're compatriots via Wise Radio, where you've been doing a show now for some time this past year. Tell us all about Smoking Grass. Smoking Grass is a weekly bluegrass show on Wise Radio. It's every Saturday from 12 until 3 p.m. We've been doing it for about a year and a half now, and it's a lot of fun. It's getting me more excited about bluegrass. It's just a lot of fun to get on the airwaves and play a lot of music, whatever I'm kind of feeling about. We do everything from traditional bluegrass to new grass and jam grass and bluegrass covers of songs and anything that's experimental, too. So we really try to cover a lot of ground within the bluegrass genre. And you're not doing this alone, Drew. Your three-person team, I think you're doing it with. Who are the other folks? There's uh, four of us total, including myself. The other guys, there's John, Chris, and Dave. And they're just friends that I've made throughout the years and other uh, bluegrass lovers as well. And do you go by your own name when you're on the air, or is there a secret moniker that we should know you by? 
Right, we usually do not use our real names. My DJ handle is Uncle Bud. And the other guys, let's see, we've got Mountain Man, Cousin Cletus, the Southern Dandy, and DJ Funky Soup or DJ Green Jeans. Uh, he changes his name a lot. Why is it that bluegrass music is music that calls to you? I mean, I think there's different aspects of different kinds of music that speaks to a different part of a person's soul. So what is it in bluegrass that makes it central for you? A big part of bluegrass to me is seeing it live and just that energy that people bring with that. It's a very acoustic music, so you can go anywhere with it, and you don't need electricity to plug in and play. You can just do it anywhere. And the greatest times that I really enjoy bluegrass is the like parking lot jam at a festival or something, or it's the jams around the campfire. It's not really the main thing. It's what happens elsewhere. And it's just a lot of heartfelt music and people with a very strong do-it-yourself ethic. And it's just very full of energy and just lots of excitement, and it just really gets me going. Uh, there's mornings where if I don't want to be drinking coffee, I'll just put on some bluegrass and it does the same thing for me. It gets me uh, really excited and ready for the day. You know, I'm going to jump straight into your music that you selected for your Song of the Soul. And surprisingly enough, given that bluegrass is what you've been doing now for a year and a half at WHYS Radio, you chose as your first song something by Ravi Shankar. I don't think this is called bluegrass, is it? Oh, definitely not. Um, a lot of this music does precede my bluegrass days. So, you know, I do uh, love bluegrass through and through, but there's lots of other music that I do enjoy. Well, you told me earlier that the song you want to start out with is Tabla Diwani. Tell us about the song, your connection to it, maybe your connection to Ravi Shankar. How is this part of your song of the soul? Well, I've always enjoyed the sound of tabla, which are the drums you'd hear in Indian music like that, and also the sitar as well. And so this particular song, it's using sitar, tabla, and I think there's also a flute too, and they just kind of fit in in such a way where... You have the almost slow and spacey sound of the sitar, and then just the faster rhythm of the tabla, and then this calming flute sound, too. And there are, I guess, three different styles of music that maybe you wouldn't think would fit together, but they fit together so nicely. It's something I've listened to throughout the years on various occasions, and I've always just enjoyed the sound of it. It's just a great mix of the instrumentation that I really like. Speaking of instrumentation, do you have connection with actually playing music yourself? Yep, I've played instruments since I was in fifth grade, starting with the baritone and moved on to tuba and sousaphone, and I also play guitar and the banjo, and I'm still looking to expand my musical uh, abilities to other instruments, so it's a growing process, and I really enjoy it. My latest love is the banjo, so I've been playing that for not quite a year yet, but uh, I do have a, an affinity for stringed instruments. And have you been part of a band? Have you played for other people as opposed to for personal enjoyment? I have with playing the tuba and the sousaphone and different concert bands and marching bands. Otherwise, I really haven't played in other groups for performance. I've just kind of jammed with friends, that sort of thing. So maybe one day if I uh, get good enough, I'd like to. Well, we're going to start out here for Drew Grunseth's Song of the Soul. First one is by Ravi Shankar, Tabla Duwani.
That was Tabla Duani by Ravi Shankar. And we're here today with Drew Grunseth, who is a DJ himself at WHYS Radio, where I got my start back three and a half years ago with the Song of the Soul. And he's sharing his Song of the Soul here today. Where should we go for number two for your Song of the Soul? Now, the second song I'd like to play is a jam from the song Harry Hood by Fish. This is a version that comes from when they did their Great Wenton Festival in 1998. It's turned out to be one of my favorite songs that Fish has done. Harry Hood is just one of my favorites. This is my favorite version of Harry Hood that I've ever heard. What we're going to hear is all just uh, instrumentation, but the lyrics do go on to say things like, you can feel good about Hood, and they really don't make too much sense, but it's just this feeling that you can feel good for the sake of just feeling good. It's a jam that builds up and then kind of releases, so you can really get the whole feeling of a lot of things from just hearing the music. And I think we're actually just taking a small portion of it because the full-length thing is how long? I think in total a song's about half an hour, and that's pretty typical for Fish to play a song that's anywhere from 20 minutes to 45 minutes or even longer. They just start with a regular song, then go into a big, long jam and kind of end back into that recognizable part of that song. But uh, it really changes every time because every time that they play a song, it's all based on improv. So it's kind of cool to have captured this one version of Harry Hood that I really enjoy. You know, Drew, when you were talking about what you like about bluegrass, the word that came to me was community, that there's some sense of being very present with a communal experience in a way that a lot of our society doesn't do. It's isolating. We're all sitting in front of our individual televisions or at the movie theater. We're all quiet. We're not communal. And what I know about Fish includes the fact that they would involve the audience in their activities. Did you have the privilege of being part of that interaction with Fish? Yes, I've been able to see Fish maybe about 15 times. Hopefully I can see them a lot more, too. But just being there, you're a big part of what's going on. I guess a good way to explain it is my first fish show. I was in the parking lots and uh, talking to some people, and I mentioned how this was my first show. And just at the mention of that, people's heads just turned around. They're like, oh, really, this is your first show? They came up, gave me a hug, and just welcomed me into their whole community because they know it's such a great thing. And I was just like, wow, what am I getting myself into? It sounds you know, awesome. So just being there, it's, fish does appreciate the crowd, and it's a communal effort for the music that it's uh, the participation of the crowd to feed off the band, and the band feeds off that too. We'll listen here to just a small portion of the Harry Hood Jam by Fish. So, uh, Chris, if you want to kill the lights, we can just look at the moon and the sculpture. Thank you. 
first time I really appreciated this song was when I was first moving over to Eau Claire from Green Bay. So I'd graduated high school and I was making my big move, moving out of my parents' house, moving into the dorms here on campus to attend the university. And I was listening to this very same version in the car. It's just one of those um, moments in your life where you realize that it's a bigger step you're taking. And I'm guessing here, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, carrying the music with you is like carrying community with you. It's a talisman of something that you're part of, even when it's not physically present. Is that a fair statement for you? Yeah, I would agree. A big part of that, too, is just instruments in general, that carrying that thing with you, that it's not just the wood and steel strings and some metal. It's There's more life that is given into it, and the more that you play an instrument, the more life that it'll have. So it's really all music. It carries with it a lot of meaning, and it's not just you know, the bare bones of what you may see it as. There's always more to it. I have some sense that, for you, it's a religious experience, a spiritual experience, to be a part of a group like With Fish or just being bathed in their music. Does it fill the same kind of need that maybe it fills for other people to go to church? Or maybe you do both of them. I'm, I'm not assuming that they're mutually exclusive. But maybe you have some idea what I'm referring to? I guess a big part of spirituality for me has been live music, whether it's you know me sitting in a concert band or seeing a more symphonic band. It could be uh, some small club someplace or an outdoor music venue or a festival. That's just the act of live music. It just invokes pure emotion to me, um, especially things that are more instrumental versus lyrics that I still can't even really pay attention to lyrics even if I try for a song. But all I really hear or focus on is the music itself. The funny thing that happens when I do see live music is that I start to think in my head and work out problems in my life while it's going on, and I realize that I'm not even paying attention to the music anymore. I'm more involved in myself and just kind of working things out. But then I go back into it and just kind of get back in that moment and follow where the music is going, and all those problems just go away. So live music has always been very helpful in that way, where it just kind of clears everything away. It can bring focus into your life. You know, I had the idea when I was listening to the music from Ravi Shankar, Anybody who's listened to Ravi Shankar has certainly been introduced to the idea of meditation in the Eastern style. And sometimes, to me, instrumental music has that ability to take me to those other alpha plane or whatever it is. Have you actually had any experience or exposure to meditation, personally practiced it? Yes, I have, and uh, occasionally I have used music for that. But I think a lot of things that I have learned from meditation, I can take those and apply that to music, where... It's about paying attention to the current moment and just kind of seeing where the music is going to take you and accepting whatever happens, not trying to fight it. Uh, one thing that I used to do with uh, Sing Fish even was hoping to hear certain songs that they would play because I wanted to hear some of my favorites. And if they didn't play it, I would kind of feel that small disappointment, like, well, they didn't play my favorite song. Hopefully next time they will. But after a while, I just decided to just give in and allow the band or whoever to play what they want to play because it's meaningful to them. And if you just pay attention to that you'll get the full experience of the music that it is, and hopefully whatever emotions the musician is feeling, that'll get channeled through their song to you for that whole communal experience of what the music is for everybody. You said, Drew, that lyrics, you really don't stay with them very well. But you've included another song here, uh, just coming up right now, which actually includes lyrics where... I think most people consider Bob Dylan's lyrics to be central to what he's doing as opposed to his instrumentals. So 
How does Shelter from the Storm fit in for you? How's it part of it? When were you exposed to this? You're too young to uh, have been around listening when it came out. When lyrics do speak to me, it's more oftentimes the sound of the singer's voice that I identify with. So it's more like using the voice as an instrument. So it's just the sound they're making and just the flow of the words. You know, I guess I am somewhat of a poet or at least appreciator of poetry. So I can still go on that level, too, with everything. But with this particular song, Shelter from the Storm, it came about at a certain time of my life where uh, there's an event that happened that I really... Uh, can't get into too much because I don't want to reveal too many uh, things about it. But uh, it's a very momentous thing, and the song is just kind of from that after it all happened. Just something to, I don't know, I guess it was kind of comforting. So it was after this experience that I played a lot of music, actually. I made a, a playlist. It included Shelter from the Storm as well as Three Little Birds, a song that's going to play after that. Both just for the overall message kind of had a lot of meaning to me. Are things that Throughout the years, I've listened to these songs, and it brings you right back to that one event that happened. It's something that I would be a different person now if that hadn't had happened. So it's something that uh, I really, I guess, appreciate. Are you saying, Drew, that it was a somewhat traumatic event, but that the music put it into some perspective for you? Is that part of what happened with it? That's actually very well put. It was, I guess, a, a more traumatic experience that at the time was really difficult to go through. But since then, it's something that if I were to have the chance to undo it, I wouldn't because I've learned so much from that. The music did help to make a lot of sense of it and, I guess, put a better perspective on it that I perhaps couldn't do at the time. So it really just helped to even things out. It's something that, uh, when I do listen to it now, it evokes a lot of positive things from that. So it's more reinforcing those things that I learned. The song is Shelter from the Storm, and the artist singing it is Bob Dylan. in another lifetime one of toil and blood when blackness was a virtue and the road was full of mud I come in from the wilderness a creature void of form come in she said I'll give you shelter from the storm if I pass this way again you can rest assured I'll always do my best for her on that I give my word in a world of steel-eyed death and men who are fighting to be warm Come in, she said, I'll give you a shelter from the storm Not a word was spoke between us, there was no risk involved Nothing up to that point had even been resolved Try imagining a place where it's always safe and warm Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm I was burned out from exhaustion, buried in the hail Poisoned in the bushes and blown out on the trail Hunted like a crocodile, ravaged in the corn Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm
suddenly I turned around and she was standing there With silver bracelets on her wrists and flowers in her hair She walked up to me so gracefully and took my crown of thorns Come in, she said, I give ya shelter from the dawn Now the bonds are broken, but they can be retied But one more journey to the woods, the holes where spirits hide It's a never-ending battle for a peace that's always torn Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm While the deputy walks on hot nails and the preacher rides a mount But nothing really matters much, it's doom alone that counts And the one-eyed undertaker, he blows a feudal horn Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm Well, I've heard newborn babies crying like a moaning dove And old men with broken teeth stranded without love Do I understand your question, man? Is it hopeless and forlorn? Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. And now there's a wall between us. Something there has been lost. I took too much for granted I got my signals crossed Yeah, just to think it all began On a non-eventful morn Come in, she said, I'll give ya Shelter from the storm In a little hilltop village They gambled for my clothes I bargained for salvation And she had give me a legal dose I offered up my innocence, got repaid with scorn. Come in, she said, I give ya shelter from the storm. Well, I'm living in a foreign country, but I'm bound across the line. Beauty walks on a razor's edge Someday I'll make it mine If I could only turn back the clock To when God and her were born Come in, she said, I'll give ya Shelter from the storm Bob Dylan, Shelter from the Storm. You're listening to Song of the Soul. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, 
And my guest today for Song of the Soul is Drew Grunseth, and he's sharing the music that is part of his spiritual experience. And the question that I put to him is, pick out the music that speaks of your spiritual path, journey, or beliefs. And he's got some wonderful music here. We just heard Bob Dylan. And uh, he already told us that the next one he wants to go to is by Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. So you said this is connected in in tone or in sense or in maybe progress in your life with what you experienced from Shelter in the Storm. With this song, Three Little Birds, it's just another one that I listened to during that time in my life. It's something that evokes a lot of positive feelings for me. And it's a very simplistic song, and it's just something that makes you feel good when you listen to it. The song goes on to talk about how there's three little birds on Bob Marley's doorstep and the sun is shining sort of thing. So it's just about this very simple occurrence that's happening, but he's appreciating it on this other level. It's more about taking notice of what's going on around you and just appreciating the simplistic things in life because that's really what everything comes down to anyways. That sounds pretty simple. I'm wondering, did you have a religious, spiritual background upbringing in the home that you grew up in? For some people, that's just a good place to move on from. Did you have some kind of experience like that that uh, maybe you also carry with you? Yeah, I was brought up with certain religious teachings and whatnot. Like I grew up going to church, that sort of thing, congregational church. So I guess it's more on the liberal side of things, but it wasn't until I uh, was in college that I started to really just kind of think about what I really felt and what was important to me and what I identified as truth and that not something that I was just being told was correct or told that I should feel. So I just started listening more to, I guess, um, myself and looking for that insight and kind of seeing what's true for me. And didn't necessarily align with you know what I was brought up with. I guess the more I learned about the religion I was brought up in, Christianity, the more I realized that I wasn't really aligned with that. So I started to ask myself, like, well, what do I feel? What am I aligned with? And from there, I kind of started going on in uh, the right direction, I think. A lot of people think that religion as a practice is about passing on morality. And for some people, that's just about sex or, you know, don't have too much pleasure. But for other people, it's about, uh, you know, don't kill other people or whatever. What kind of morality that you have from your childhood have you discarded and what have you kept? What matches who you are today? Well, I think a lot of religions talk about the same basic tenets as far as their goals. So obviously a lot of religions are going to talk about uh, nonviolence and, I mean, the list just goes on. So a lot of those things, no matter how you put it or where you learn them, it's still, they're good practices to have. And a lot of things just make sense. So it's not really about abandoning a certain religious tradition. It's more about just what makes sense for humanity. So I think I've definitely kept everything and built upon that. I've just seen that more often than not, a lot of things are still the same, whether or not it's from Christianity or Buddhism or whatever, that uh, they're still kind of getting to the same point. And I'm not saying that all religions are talking about the exact same thing or trying to take you to the same place, but a lot do have things built in them that just make sense for humanity because religion is about making people better people. And speaking of religions, this next song is by Bob Marley and Rastafarian is what he is. And I actually knew fairly little about Rasta until uh, your co-worker, Adam Kirby, was my guest a couple months ago. Do you relate to the spiritual elements of Rasta? And I, I ask you this in part because also the WHYS radio show that you do is called Smoke and Grass. 
I do relate to uh, some aspects of Rastafari, mostly the connection to nature and a natural way of living. That's uh, it's based at least for Rastafari is based on the Itel diet, which involves eating pretty much only raw foods and not cooking things, and it's just about being back to the most natural state that you can be. And that's part of a lot of other things, such as Taoism too, where it's just it's a connection to the natural world around you. So within that, there's a lot of things about Rastafari that you know are more aligned within Christianity, and it's something that's not really, I guess, part of me anymore. But you know, I'd say I do identify it. I guess a strong sense of the connection that music has to the spiritual side of the religion. And as a sterling example of that, a Rastafari insight and connection with music, Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. artist and my guest is Drew Grunseth sharing his song of the soul here today you mentioned amongst the music that you play Drew that you played tuba in there I was trying to imagine if anyone had ever tried to do bluegrass with tuba well, I've definitely thought about it 
Uh, that's something that maybe if I had kept up on practicing tuba, I could try to incorporate that into bluegrass music or something. I can definitely see it being done. I'm sure it has been done on some level by some person. When I was playing tuba, a big part of it, too, was the physical side that you get. If you're sitting down with it, that it's in between your legs and your body, you're kind of almost hugging it. And from playing over the course of a couple hours, your lips get all tingly, your body has the vibrations from just the air moving. It just You feel in your body more, so it's not just this thing in your head and music that you're expressing with your, uh, your mouth and everything. It's more, it's affecting your body. So with that, there's that whole live component where just like with bluegrass, it's all about the live uh, performance of everything. It's both for the listeners and the musicians playing. Well, speaking of bluegrass, the next song that you pick coming up, I guess, gets closest to bluegrass of the set that you've selected. I was kind of surprised. I was expecting uh, you to pick out a lot of music that was bluegrass, but you picked out this next one by Iron Horse. What did you pick out, and how does it connect with your spiritual journey? I first heard this band, Iron Horse, at the Medford Bluegrass Festival from 2006. And it's a small bluegrass festival in just a farmer's field in, uh, in the countryside of Wisconsin, and it's great. I was exposed to it through my friend Justin Gardner, who was also a smoking grass DJ when he first started the show. Iron Horse is a band that does mostly cover songs. They do some original work, too, but they do great bluegrass versions of things like Led Zeppelin, Metallica, and in this case, Modest Mouse. So the song Float On reminds me of just that weekend when I was first exposed to it, mostly because I was always tell my friends that I'm not a lyric person, I'm a music person. And someone's like, no, no, you got to give this music a chance. It's really good. The lyrics are just awesome on this. So I finally did. And this is one of the first groups to actually open my eyes a little bit more to the lyric side of things. The biggest reason why I chose this song is because it reminds me of Justin Gardner, who unfortunately passed away a little over a year ago. The song just brings to light the existential side of life, about floating on and how things are going to be okay. So it's been reassuring throughout a lot of hard times. The biggest thing is that, you know, it just reminds me of Justin Gardner, because he definitely loved this band, and he loved bluegrass and just live music. So a lot of things that I get about music, I draw from his experiences and what he has told me, and feel that I can almost, in a way, live through him in that. A big part of the song to me is that... It helps me to uh, just kind of perpetuate the kind of beliefs and uh, musical lifestyle that Justin had been doing. So for me, it's a way to give honor to his life and everything because it's something that he definitely felt strongly about. And I feel like it's, it's good to carry that out and I am better for that.
on to Drew Gronseth, my guest today, by his friend Justin, who passed away a little over a year ago. How did that come about? He's a young man, you're a young man. That must have left some kind of hole in your life. Yeah, it did. And Justin was my roommate at the time, and uh, the only person I was living with. So it was kind of a big hit to lose somebody that you know was just kind of there all the time. I later found out that he was talking to somebody on the way to a uh, a camping thing that uh, he considered me his best friend. So it meant a lot to hear that. And it's something that I really do miss him. But uh, things with music, that's very comforting. Just a lot of things of how he lived his life, I've now taken those into consideration. And I've uh, integrated a lot of things about his life, and it's kind of made me feel better about the whole thing. I don't know, at times it's good, at times it's bad, but... Uh, there's not much you can do with it, just kind of live with it. Just hopefully it, you can take some positive things out of it. Well, one of the things I know about you, Drew, is that you work down at Just Local Food. That's one of a couple jobs you have. I'm imagining that working there is, again, a way of living out your values, living out your beliefs. Uh, does that fit for you? Definitely. Something that I feel really good about when I work there is the fact that I'm helping people make good choices for themselves and their friends and family by offering just good food. And what that really means is that it's going to make you feel better and just make your body feel better, which leads to a better life, a better quality of life. And it's also a, a big thing for me too, is that, that we don't sell 
things that are detrimental to people, such as tobacco and just, I mean, I could go on and on, but I feel good about selling only good products. It's kind of funny because recently you've moved into a new shop that used to be a corner store where people used to come in to get their beer and their tobacco and their headache remedies or whatever it is. And so I've been there recently when people come in and say, so what kind of cigarettes you got? And it must be quite a trip. And do you try and uh, then, you know, pass them on to some whole wheat flour or something? I think it confuses people somewhat because I was the manager of Johnny's Market before Just Local Food moved in. So I'd worked there for about five years before the whole switchover happened. So people were used to seeing my face there and coming in to get their cigarettes. Now they walk in and ask me again for cigarettes, and I tell them, well, we're a different store now. And please, you know, feel free to take a look around. And I tell them about all the different kinds of foods that we sell and just our uh, values and our mission statement, that sort of thing. So... People do know they can get cigarettes anywhere. If they're going to smoke, they're going to smoke. But it's something I don't really want to help facilitate. One item in particular that I really did not ever like selling were lottery tickets. I didn't see any benefit to anybody from the whole thing. So I never felt good about making money off of other people's problems, whether it be alcoholism or addiction to gambling or a dependency on tobacco, anything like that, or even sugar for things like soda and candy bars. I just never felt good to facilitate that. So I feel a lot better now about uh, helping people make good choices, knowing where the food comes from, and just kind of being back in that uh, good old corner store thing where it's people come down to their local neighborhood market and meet somebody that they know, that they recognize, and it's more of a communal thing, not just this big corporation where they're buying their food from, that it's more familiar and there's faces involved and people. And I've met so many great people through just local food now, the uh, people who shop there, people who work there. So it's more about than just food. It's about the sense of community, too. It's a really wonderful place. I think you got one more song for your Song of the Soul, Drew. What's our big crescendo finish-off with song? This last song is Somewhere Over the Rainbow, What a Beautiful World by Israel Kamafivole. And it's a song that I've actually got maybe about 15 or 20 different versions on my computer, all the same song by different artists. And for some reason, I've always kind of liked this song. Um, it's just one of those things that makes you feel good just from listening to it. It's also the first, I guess, more intricate song that I ever figured out for myself on guitar just from listening to the music. And that was from a version that Fish had played, actually, from one of their live shows. And from there, I've translated that onto banjo, and now I'm learning um, more of the chords so I can play in the style that Israel Kamvivole does with his ukulele. It's just a nice, uh, really nice song, and he works in What a Wonderful World by uh, Louis Armstrong. And so it's just a very happy song. Of course, the ukulele, nothing ever sounds bad on that. You can play whatever, any kind of chord, and it's going to sound great and happy. So it's just something that uh, always brings a smile to my face and that I am now really enjoying playing with my friends and on whatever instruments and just kind of, it's always singing in my head, always being played in my head. Somewhere over the rainbow, what a wonderful world. Israel, Kamakabibole. Uh-huh. 
that one somewhere over the rainbow and what a wonderful world and what a wonderful way to finish off a song of the soul you know that song somewhere over the rainbow goes way back to i think 1930s or something when wizard of oz came out one thing that i think about somewhere over the rainbow and it kind of echoes something that you've spoke about earlier in a couple songs the world's bad there's some bad experience in my past and there's hope in the future. 
and to have that perspective, you have to have both had the experience of something that wasn't so good, and you have to have a strong heart for what's positive. In your life, what gives you hope for the future? I think something that gives hope to the future is something that a lot of people can easily identify with, and that just being music. You think about any time in history or even what's going to be in the future, and music has kind of always been there and always been part of people's lives. It's a strong connection to just a pure emotion, and there isn't anything getting in the way. With that, you can always find hope in music. I see more hope, too, in getting back to that sense of community and getting back to real foods, whole foods, and just kind of a more a more genuine life where money no longer is as important as people have made it become. I think I see more hope in turning one's perspective into more of a localized awareness where, of course, we're aware that we are a global community and with things like the Internet, we're more able to reach out to other people throughout the world. But it's also very important to realize that there are people all around you and you can't forget about them. And it's something that improves the quality of life for everybody when there's a lot of care and consideration taken into effect about the community that's around you. I guess there are a lot of ideals that give me hope for the future, things like uh, compassion and nonviolence, where it's really taking into consideration all aspects of existence, really, not just of humanity, but of all animals and plants and our planet, too. So it's thinking about things that are going to be good for everybody, and not just during today or tomorrow or our lifetime, but generations from now. A lot of good reasons to hope for the future and to connect ourselves with communities that give us hope. I'm hoping sometime in the future, Drew, I can have you back with some music that you've recorded. Is that a challenge you're willing to look forward to in a year or two? Sure, I'm up for it. Maybe I can eventually get that tuba worked into some bluegrass. Who knows? Thanks again for joining me for Song of the Soul. Yes, thank you very much. That was Drew Grunseth, my guest for today's Song of the Soul. Again, you can catch Smokin' Grass, the bluegrass show he co-hosts on WHYS Radio, streamed online at whysradio.org, Saturday afternoons. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light it will heal you, and you can feel you and sing out a song.